What's going out there, my good people? This is Prentice from PSK Radio, People, Sports, and Knowledge. I hope all you guys are having, you know, being safe and taking care of yourself and being in the best mind state you can as this crisis is ongoing. But just know that you will come back on the other side of this even better and stronger than you are now. All right, y'all, pretty much it's been a while since I last did a broadcast. I've been out here in Vegas grinding on my nightclub promoter out here. And just to give you my perspective of what's been going on since we pretty much been shut down on our side here. So as of March 11th was my last day in the club. Uh, my nightclub is One Oak, but the uh, company I work for is Hakkasan Group. So we promote for One Oak, Amia, Hakkasan, and Jewel Nightclub, along with Day Clubs, Rep Republic, and Liquid uh, Pool. With two restaurants, uh, Hakkasan Restaurant in the MGM and Searsucker at the uh, Caesars Palace. Uh, Wednesday, March 11th was my last official day working. Uh, there at One Oak because the next day, that Thursday, we got a text that uh, pretty much uh, we would be closed for the uh, closing early. Uh, we were already scheduled to officially close on March 28th, not due to the coronavirus, but to that the Mirage wanted to go into a different direction and that us promoters at that club will be going off to our other clubs to promote there. So, we thought, hey, as of March 28th, be our last day. Have a good time. Dope closing party. Either that Sunday or Monday, start working for our new club, which it would have probably been like the beginning of April. That was our thought process. And return officially from the governor on down. This closing casinos and casinos one by one start trickling down closing. Our company decided, hey, March 13th, all our clubs will be closed. You guys will be temporarily laid off. And then um, depending on the time period that they say, a week or two, we'll be back up and running. As you can see, it has been more than a week or two. Uh, Vegas has been closed going on a month, it seems. Tomorrow is the 11th, so you might as well say close to a month that the Las Vegas, all casinos, all nightclubs, anything on the strip has been closed. It's like a bad disaster movie or, or a zombie movie out here. You go on a strip, you will see very few people on a strip. If you do, they're just, you know, taking pictures, uh, doing videos or whatever like that. But you're not used to the hustle and bustle and a 24-7 lifestyle that Vegas has to offer. The crazy part about being laid off when everybody else was laid off is that we all got laid off around... A week within a week from the club to casinos to anything that was on a strip within a week. The main issue is that with close to two to three hundred thousand people being all laid off at the same time is drastically backed up our uh, unemployment office here in Vegas. Like our governor just came on the news on Tuesday and said that he understands people have been calling his office. Uh, definitely addressing the matter of how they can get through making hundreds of phone calls just to call the actual um, unemployment are trying to get on the unemployment uh, website and it's crashing because so many people are trying to go at the same time at the time prior to the coronavirus they had 75 people on staff 
that boot they boosted up to hiring up to 150 more people and are still looking to hire more people to be able to handle the workload that they're currently ongoing there and the unemployment side of the house. As far as my understanding, uh, getting SNAP has been a little bit more easier. They're a little bit more uh, able to handle the workload. So it hasn't been no issue on that end. So people are being able to get, you know, SNAP, a.k.a. food stamps if they needed it on their end. As far as myself, I'm in a pretty good predicament because, as you know, I am a retired Marine, so I still get my retirement pay. And I haven't, you know, I would definitely love the extra money. But hey, if I don't get it, uh, I'm cool because I definitely have my retirement, my disability pay from the military to help me smooth things out. Reason why I bring up all this is because you figure this is a crisis that has caught everybody off guard and none of us was prepared at all for nothing of this magnitude. We have we have had wars. We have had national disasters. We have had economic crisis before, but nothing on this magnitude that has affected everything that we know and every aspect of living. There's no sports. Uh, There's no gatherings. uh, There's no jobs, really, unless you deem essential truck drivers, nurses, doctors, hospitals, uh, the grocery stores. Those type of jobs are deemed essential. Law enforcement, um, uh, firefighting, military, and that type of aspect. Uh, Even your property management uh, on the side of, uh, you know, for renting and in homes. But. Overall, we have never seen anything like this that drastically shut down our whole economy, our whole way of life. And my question to you guys is, what have you really learned during this process about yourself? That can you name three life lessons that you can take away from this crisis? Uh, Like one, I think for myself has been more of a way intense sense of urgency just to know that I'm getting shit done. I'm reading more books. I'm doing audio books, but this is all going towards future businesses that I want to have and doing the ground research right now, building everything up, getting everything aligned. So then when I want to launch these new businesses, I'm ready. I'll be successful at them. Uh, the value of being thrifty and avoiding waste. I think with the long lines of trying to go to the grocery store and deal with that whole fiasco of, you know, will they have toilet paper? Will they have this item or that item that I'm not going to be waiting in line like a lot of people are doing? And I'm trying to be more, you know, um, thrifty with my time and with my resources, with the food that I get. I'm currently on a two, two meals per day uh, diet. Uh, pretty much I eat at two and I eat at eight. I'm trying to keep my calories down. I lost a lot of weight from last summer to now just by doing a lot of walking. I was averaging about 12,000 steps a day. So at my highest, I was at 300 pounds. And right now I'm about 275, 260, but good solid weight, dropping that weight down. And I drink a lot more water. I was already drinking water, but being in the house, I drink a lot of water. All the things I would that I would normally um, eat out on, being a promoter constantly late at night, I don't have any of that going on. A lot of the sugary foods and fast foods, I haven't ate none since uh, this whole coronavirus. Um, 
it's been all, you know, a lot of fresh fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of foods that keep me, keep my weight down on that end. So this things that I know that I can do for myself, home workouts, I try to, but it's not the same as working out in the gym. So I still like to walk the block here in my neighborhood that I live in and get my walk on there, get my exercise really that way. Just keeping the weight low and definitely the water. You can't go wrong drinking water, right? Thirdly, is that emergency fund that you've always heard about? Like if you pay yourself 10 to 25 percent from your paycheck and that goes into that emergency fund or into investing, you have that money on hand. And this knowing so many people don't have six months to rely on, because at the end of the day, what is your true emergency? Is it having money for your cars, for the maintenance? Is it for appliances? If um, your refrigerator or your heater or dryer goes out, is it is it for an unexpected death or hospital bill that you wasn't expecting? And you have that money and you don't have to worry about it. So many people got caught off guard because most people were working. Most people were in between checks. And I definitely touched on that check to check lifestyle because most people were in between checks. When the shutdown started, they were going to get paid one more time, possibly two more times after that. They got laid off and then had to file for unemployment. Right. But are you truly prepared for any moments like this? Everybody likes to make fun of the doomsday preppers, but they have this type of stuff. They have canned goods. They have the toilet paper. They have the ammunition. They have the resources in place when stuff does happen. They're not stressing out over the simple things that we take for granted because it's so accessible day by day. Right. And then when I mentioned the check by check earlier, I believe it's like 60 percent of America Americans are living check to check. And that's crazy because the NBA, uh, one of the players on there, CJ McCollum, he's a Portland Trailblazer. And he um, this on Wednesday stated that 33 percent of the NBA players are living check to check. And it came to me to think about this. If, let's say, I'm giving you a rough figure. 60% of Americans are living check to check. And 33% of NBA players are living check to check. What's the common ground, right? And I look at it is that we are not being taught money management at all. We are not taught that at any given moment you can be a millionaire. You can be broke as hell right now, and in five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 40, at 20 years old, 40 years old, 60 years old, 80 years old, you can be a millionaire at any given time of your life. But what is the difference between a 57-year-old millionaire and a 23-year-old millionaire? It's the way they do their finances. It's the what they've been taught. It's the it's the learning process of having your money work for you. It's the learning of what is good debt and bad debt, the savings, the the investments that you do, and who you have around you, how your money's working for you, what you spend your money on. Are you looking for the latest and greatest clothes and cars and eating out all the time, or do you? Live off a particular budget. You're a millionaire, but you are living off $100,000 a year. And the rest of that money is going to investments and savings and different things that make your money grow. Are you reverse? You're making a million dollars a year, but you only have $100,000 left at the end of the year. Because you're spending close to $900,000 on bullshit. 
every single month, every single day, every single year. It's a big difference where someone who's never had money, who's going up through the ranks of, you know, making forty to fifty thousand dollars a year, and then as they gradually grow until keeping and getting increased income, eventually they become the millionaire. They've been living off a, a lower income. They've been living off a lower standard and a different lifestyle. So by the time they get to be a millionaire, they know how to handle that type of money because they already got a habit of living off of less. Where someone that's 23 who's been living with their parents, grandparents, mom or dad, whoever was that elder in their life who really didn't teach them the aspects of money now is forced to be in a position of one knowing how to spend money correctly and they don't they just don't i know the nba has programs and plays and i know school tries to teach you as much but what do we learn our spending habits from the people that we see all the time our mom and dad those are the first people your parents your grandparents your your uncles your older brother or sister, if they were bad with money, you're going to be bad with money. That's just how the nature of the beast is. So I think long term, we definitely have to give the youth better examples, more literacy on actually teaching them the process of money and how they should have the money work for them. Because at this stage, they will deal with more crisis later on. This ain't the first wave of some type of bio virus or weapon that we're seeing right now. This will happen again, whether if it's five years, 10 years from now, this will be something that will happen in their lifetime. It's going to happen. Just like no one ever thought 9-11 would happen, 9-11 happened. And all those kids at that time are now in their 30s when it happened in their late teens going on 18 so it can happen for all these young kids now who are 18 with this type of incident. By the time they're 30 and have kids, it can happen again. What are we doing to prepare that they're ready for any incident that's happening? Because a lot of people will tell you, oh, cash is not king. Cash doesn't have value. Cash is still king. Cash still has value. And the reason why I say that is cash abundance of cash, money in the reserves. Like I remember when uh, Microsoft came out and said they had a year's worth of money in reserves and their investors were like, what? Why? Why is that? Why would you have a million? Why would you have millions of dollars in the reserve? Why are we using that money? They wanted to be prepared to take over other businesses it's called acquisition. Just think about it. There's at least 10 to 20 companies that we all use and know that have billions of dollars in cash ready and willing to be used after this coronavirus. They're going to be buying companies and businesses and land for pennies on the dollar because so many people are losing money right now. You can't trust the stocks, really. It's a risk game, but you really can't trust it right now because nothing's stable at all. Every day, every time they do a new press conference, Every time a president comes on the TV, every time there's more cases of the coronavirus is spreading, it just creates more fear in people, which is what happens with fear. People are more hesitant to invest their money. They want to hold on to their money. We don't know the true ramifications of this whole virus for at least five years down the road, how this really affected our economy, affected people, affected jobs. But I do know this. Our way of living has drastically 
in empathically has changed forever from this point on. Everything has changed from this moment on. And we need to be ready for the changes that's going to occur. It's going to take some time to see it, but you will see a lot of changes based off that. Key one is they just show that you can do virtual classes with every student in America from at home. Kids are still going through school and there's virtually with their teacher and their teacher has them checking in two to three times a day. They got to turn in assignments all virtually, all through a laptop or a computer desktop, right? College kids are all going through that process right now. So why not incorporate, why won't they? Or why wouldn't they incorporate that into their lesson plans? Hey, once a week, you will not be in class with me. Since I got to do a teacher trainer, teacher, whatever they got to do as teachers once a week. Hey, as a school district, we can save money on busing. Why not two times out the week, kids are at home or like the aerospace side of the house. If you work, if you ever been involved with aerospace or worked at aerospace, my mom was aerospace and my dad was aerospace for years. What happened? Boeing Hughes out of a five-day work week on Fridays, at least every other week, they didn't work. Four days out the week, they worked. They put in their 40 hours in four, in four days instead of five. So why couldn't you do the same thing with teaching now? Instead of doing a five-day work week of, uh, of uh, learning, we only going to do four in actual classroom setting. The fourth day will actually be at home and you will be on there a couple hours with your teacher reviewing your assignments. We're going to go through that type of environment. It saves them money. It saves on busing. It saves on food. They don't have to provide a lunch at least two times out the month or a breakfast two times out the month to uh, a body of students, right? These are some of the things that you got to think about what's going to occur. These businesses that are actually going to buy other businesses out, why aren't you able to go and purchase a house right now straight cash? Why aren't you able to go purchase a business that was failing, but you have the business acumen to actually get that business successful? Why couldn't you be able to go buy this business without getting a loan, which will cause you more debt? Right. Or go buy this house that you want to flip because you got the cash right now. And the market is saying, hey, is a buyer's market, not a seller's market. That's what some of the things we got to start thinking about. And, and incorporating with our youngsters at the same time uh, is this show you got. We haven't heard it, but I'm pretty sure there are professional athletes that are millionaires are complaining about will they get the full check? You already got son of the league, especially the NBA, saying that, hey, only about 10 players will actually get 90 percent of their check. Remember, their deals are based off TV deals. They ain't getting the most of your money if there's nothing to be broadcast on TV. Same thing out here. I can't complain I'm not working because there's no one coming to the casinos. There's no tourists. We here in Vegas live off tourists to keep our economy going, right? There's no one to go to the casinos if they can't fly. If, if everybody's worried about sick, they should definitely be worried about being healthy and staying healthy. Leads me to this. What is your city doing to ensure that people are staying healthy? Are they imposing some type of curfew? Are they uh, having, you know, restrictions on who can go into the actual supermarket? Are they finally addressing all the people that we've seen on the news or on social media who's been in large groups to cut the large groups out? 
this yesterday, our governor here stopped uh, people from going to church and even to drive up uh, pull-up services that a lot of people pop-up services that a lot of churches were doing. Uh, golf courses, golf courses are now closed along with parks. Uh, you cannot be in a park like you were before, even though you were ten. Uh, people uh, in a group or in a six feet uh, distance, they stopped all that too. Uh, I think he's trying to get or kind of, you know, get it to where, hey, Vegas is able to come back. You can come back to Vegas. But at the same time, steps need to be taken in place. Um, with that, you know, it's been a lot of great things that's come out of this. If you're into entertainment, if you ever watch the beat battles, you'll see hip hop and R&B producers from the 80s all the way to now who's been battling against each other and uh, showcasing their top 20 mega hits that they ever did. And they've been using the Instagram platform, Instagram Live. And at first, before Instagram cut on, they were able to go long period of time, at least an hour or more of time. But since then, Instagram has caught on and said, no, your minimum will be an hour for 15 minutes to an hour. Then they'll cut it off. And then you got to start all over again. And then you figure if you really look at it, it's a free platform, but they're doing restrictions on it. And my thought process is when will someone make their own platform? No restrictions, right? This is the artist's music and they still have restrictions on the live. From a source that's supposed to be free. You got all our data. You got all our emails. You sell our information over to corporations to get the advertising and the money from them. So why can't we use a platform for what is truly worth without all the restrictions that you made it not to be? Right. So I think it's this time that we all branch off into our own platforms, our own apps. And why we got to use a middleman? If I'm an artist at that magnitude and if I'm a Chris Brown, if I'm a, you know, Beyonce or Rihanna with all these followers, I don't even need Instagram at this point. I have my own website. I have my own app. You can reach out to me digitally at any time throughout the day. See every video picture. I can interact with my fans without any restrictions at all. And it's all the same. Well, if you want to have nudity on there, one of you wants to talk about your own personal uh, opinions on subject matters that may be censored to this, the fun of internet interacting with people. It shouldn't matter at this point. And I think at, at some given time period, we got to really start looking at these companies and say, Hey, we don't need you. We can actually go off to do other things and have our own businesses, especially those people with thousands and millions of followers is showing that you can go off and, and without you, there is no Instagram. Let me just put it that. There is no Facebook. There is no Twitter without us. So you start making these companies give us what we need. Because the battles have been great, but it's, it's kind of sucks when you have restrictions put in place to not for us to get the best usage out of it because they're not making money off of it. If these artists and producers were actually charging us a fee and they were getting a piece of the pie... Instagram would have no problems. They wouldn't have any restrictions on it at all. So that's just my thought about it. Um, 
mentally, how are you guys doing? Are you guys all mentally, you know, good and straight in the head? And, you know, uh, some people will come out of this PTSD. Some people will come out of this in depression. Some people will come out of this like this is the worst time of their lives. Um, some people have lost family during this time period. They haven't had to been able to say a proper goodbye to have a, a funeral for the whole family to pay their respects to that person that passed. You know, uh, for at least a month going on two, a lot of people didn't take the virus serious at all. Oh, it's just the flu. Oh, nobody's died. Uh, this ain't something here. It's over there in China. It's in Italy. It'll never come here. And now that it's here, it took a couple, it still took a couple more weeks for people to really see that how serious it was with all the closing of everything. People in the hospital, we don't even have a known vaccine. So some people are recovering. And some people, unfortunately, was not able to recover and they passed away. How are you handling this mentally? Because being stuck in a house 24-7, thinking of your thoughts, if you don't have a true plan and this, you know, like I mentioned, a sense of urgency to get certain things done and how you want to have different avenues uh, uh, in your favor when, when we're on the other side of this, you definitely can be in a bad state right now. Are you checking up on your friends and family just to see how they're going? It could be a text. It can be a... Instagram posts. It can be, hey, let me let me FaceTime them. Let me Instagram live them. Whatever it needs to be, just to make sure that someone that you love, you care about is being thought of and vice versa. We're all going through this process. It's an unpredictable time. None of us know what's going on at all. So we all need to get on the same page. Right? So definitely, again, thanks for tuning in to PSK Radio. I really appreciate the time and effort that you guys uh, give to try to tune in each and every Friday at 12 o'clock. Definitely we'll be back with a lot of, you know, uh, great topics. I just want to address this right now just to say, hey, everything out in Vegas is not as bad as it seems. It's happening. We all going through it within our country and communities, but we will get together through this.